Well, here, here we go. Look at that. The recording is starting. Welcome, everybody, to the best podcast in the world. We are using a new technology to record this podcast. And I started this speech already. <laughs> but now we are recording. <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> you see? Now, now we see the, the red button over there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so, for everyone listening and watching welcome to the strength and skills podcast thank you for being here today we are having a little bit of of topic that what we learned during you know, some stuff and it's going to be a nice little conversation because uh i think rado learned something i learned something during the past few weeks and we always love to share stuff that we are learning with you so that you can take something away from it and everybody profits from that. This is the Strength and Skills podcast. Everybody profits from us. Yes. <laughs> Being so hyped. <laughs> yeah, the, the energy levels were crazy. Yeah, it's so high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rado, for, for you, a lot of stuff changed as uh you started going into powerlifting and for everybody who doesn't know rado has been working with me for i don't know two three years and two and a half years i think and then he switched coaches yeah and um is going into into powerlifting a little bit more and he's you are working with a croatian coach now no slovenian slovenian, slovenian. Uh, so marco is from slovenia yeah all right all right and you're going more into into powerlifting and probably your training switched up a little bit but from what i see in your stories because rado is always sharing his training in the stories it's not too much of a change isn't it yeah i'm i'm kind of sharing the stories mostly for myself to kind of have it as a training log and i always like to go in the archive and then kind of look back to how training looked a few months ago. And then I always like to, to laugh at myself thinking that I was at a high level when in fact it was like miserable, you know? So, so yeah, I did a switch like 20 weeks ago, which is almost like five months already. Yeah. Um, and I really decided to focus solely on powerlifting and have that as my only goal. And I would really want to compete as well. Cause, uh, I'm still a junior. And I think that as a junior, I can put some really good numbers in and I kind of wanted to use my potential whilst I am um, in that age range. Um, yeah. But then also like I want to compete in the open class as well and uh, continue to strive there. Um, so my training like my training did change uh, in the sense of having less bodyweight movements for sure. You know, I, I am still doing my pull ups. I don't do any dips, no muscle ups, and the back squats have obviously stayed since they are a part of powerlifting. Um, other than that, I've had a really, really good base of understanding of how I need to move, uh, thanks to the coaching uh, with Nick. Uh, so, like transitioning over into something like a bench press and uh, learning that from from scratch. I mean, I had a good base beforehand, but it was really easy to implement all of the cues from the new coach and actually get to learn the motion because I had such a good base uh, that I built with Nick. And also that like the sumo deadlift, we've been doing that as an assistance exercise and it's been a, at a really high level already. So it's just like building up on everything we did beforehand, you know? Yeah, I think, you know what? I like that idea. I mean, we we, we are at, at strength and skills and we're always telling everyone, so if, if you are using us and our mythology that we have, 
you can yeah. go from there to any sport because we are not super specialized on something as, as everybody heard you just told yeah i already did most of the movements but um this is why i like just just uh to see and and to hear about how how is that going as you are specializing now into something and um have probably had a pretty good base and i, I like to see that absolutely like it's so interesting that you mentioned that because i remember like uh in the past episodes in one of the past episodes we've been talking about it like how this hybrid approach can actually be beneficial uh with regards to anything that you're doing, you know, like no matter what sports you're doing, you can just, uh, if you decide that you want to specialize with something, you can literally just jump into it and you're already much higher off and better off than most people who are just starting off without any previous experience. So that's um, obviously a really good reason to actually in, indulge yourself in hybrid training if you're not sure, 100% uh, sure of what you want to actually do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, from from what I see, you are right now. I mean, you you had some setbacks the year before. You had a little back injury. Yeah, I yeah. think something that that tweaked. Exactly. I think um, it was like our second to last, the last month that we were working together. I like I literally remember the exact moment when the back tweak happened. And funnily, like funnily enough, it didn't happen during the set. It actually happened after the set. Like I finished the set of squats, I PR'd, and like just as I was closing the last repetition, as I stood up and extended uh, my hips, I I felt this instant shift that happened there and the small tweak that happened. And um, I re-racked the bar. And uh, after that, like it hasn't been the same for a few months. I was just like fighting with it it was constantly reoccurring and i just didn't have a clue in what to do and then um i think a big part of uh injury recovery is actually giving it time you know you can you can do all of the drills in the world i can do your you can you know manage your recovery and have proper nutrition and proper sleep uh but time is obviously obviously a really big aspect of it and if you don't give it enough time then you probably can't expect the injury to to, to go away you know like if you try and constantly get back into heavier training you're just constantly going to be retweaking it. And uh, that's obviously just a never-ending loop of frustration. And it just can drive you to losing motivation, just completely giving up, which almost happened to me because um, I was trying to get back to heavy training all the time. And I was doing the exact same thing that I described here. Uh, but once I gave it some time and actually focused on some other motions, just having a bit more variety, less intensity, like it literally happened. I feel like it happened overnight that one day I felt it. And the other day I showed it at, at the gym and I was like fully recovered. It's so funny with that. I like literally I had that experience. And it, it's not only on that one occasion. It happened. It actually happened every time I tweak my back. Like one day I, I am in pain. The following day I show up to the gym. Everything is fine. And I think it's just this click that happens overnight and just exact, exactly the thing that I mentioned, like with giving it time um, for, the, for the body to get back to, to normal. Yeah, yeah. But you also did a lot of stuff to, to actually, I mean, it's not like, uh, <laughs> yes. you misunderstand that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just goes away. It's not like that. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. for sure, for sure. Yeah, you don't want to be passive with that. It's not like I'm, I was fully resting in the bed and just like, yeah, I got to give it time, not moving at all. Now, I was obviously I was trying to work around it, see what see what works, see what doesn't hurt. 
trying to desensitize to that pain yeah and uh you know like obviously our perception perception of pain is a really big thing when it comes to injuries like if you're constantly uh, thinking of it focusing on that area and having also the expectation oh this is gonna hurt it is gonna happen you know yeah and doing that shift in the mindset is a big part of injury recovery yeah and actually kind of convincing yourself uh I will not break, you know, my body is rigid, my body is adaptable, and it's, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's been an also a really, really big thing for me as well. All right. I think another, um, I, I mean, that, that that's a, a massive, important um, learning that you had that you actually, you're not completely done just because something hurts, it will disappear. What, yeah. if, if you do something for it and, just focus on, on on a good rehab, then it will um, just disappear. But I think something that I, I also see with a lot of people is this thing of when you have a good technique, you don't get injured. And I think that's something we also maybe have to mention here because you're one of the people that I know who have, you always have a technique that's on point. I mean, to be honest, your technique is most of the time much cleaner than mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, but it it still happens that that you just just get hurt because it happens sometimes, and I think that's a, also maybe a message that we should have. Yeah, that we should tell people it's it happens. It just happens on on the way. I mean, come on. It could happen any time. I mean, you know, my mom, she just had a had a um, had a disc prolapse in her back, and um, she did not do any sports. Now you can come up with, yeah, but she didn't do any sports. Yeah, but it can also happen when you do sports because things happen, <laughs> and I think that's also a very important one. I mean, you can probably avoid a lot of stuff when you have a good technique we definitely can do that and i think that's also a very important one when you do a chicken wing muscle up you're probably gonna get injured a lot easier than if you just do it in a clean way yeah for sure i think uh technique management plays a role in injury management and uh, injury risk reduction because i think if you have this standardized thing that you're cons consistently doing you're actually um, allowing yourself to create adaptation there. But if your technique is cons constantly changing and shifting from one spectrum to the other, from one extreme to the other, um, it's going to be very hard for the body to, to adapt to it. And then if you overload the tissues, quote unquote, um, surely the body is going to respond with that injury because it's simply not used to that. You know, it's much higher than its tre threshold because you're all of a sudden falling into a position that you weren't practicing before. Yeah. I think that's what we kind of consider bad technique. Um, and of course, like with injuries, uh, so many factors come into play, like sleep, nutrition, uh, stress, uh, proper load management and intensity management, so many things. And just as you said, it's so unpredictable that uh, you can do your best to to reduce the risk of it, at, but it's still going to happen sooner or later. It's it's the it's the reality of things. But luckily, in like strength training sport, I mean, studies show that it's a very low rate of 
injuries when you look at it yeah. from you know when when you compare the hours of practice and strength training with running like it's much much lower so it's actually a really safe sport to be practicing absolutely absolutely yeah. i have to to bring in a story that i found i found on on the on the one hand i found it super funny on the other hand it's a sad one uh, a friend of mine ripped off his biceps tendon Oh my God. while doing a movie uh, moving they had to bring a freezer somewhere i think down down the stairs and you ripped off i mean everybody who moved the freezer it's not super heavy i mean you just can't handle it very well because it's so big usually but it's not super heavy i mean let's say 20 kg or something i mean that that's not heavy you know <laughs> and and he just ripped off his biceps there uh, and <laughs> so, so you see and he was training before i mean it was not like that guy was completely untrained and maybe that that's why and he was also not overtrained. he was not a super competitive guy or something he just he did training a little bit a little bit for fun he was able to do muscle ups and stuff like that he was just for fun and he ripped it off it happens Shit happens that that's something that that, uh, that a lot of people may yeah misunderstand here it's not like you can avoid it on purpose you know <laughs> if only if only he had used some good technique there on that moving freezer <laughs> i think i think he'd be safe then yeah <laughs> you better call a moving company they know how to move that <laughs> they'll know. teach you yeah they'll teach you <laughs> Fuck, when you do the next moving, you better better do a, a moving coaching before. <laughs> exactly. Do some training with the freezer, man. Yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 was just a story that came up to my mind when, when yeah. I was just listening to that because things happen. It can happen in training, it can happen in the in the in the world. It, you know, For it sure. just happens. Like like my mom, she had that this prolapse and it just also it just happened. For sure. For he sure. just, just stood up from somewhere, from a chair or something, and it boop. Yeah, down. yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I've I've had a similar experience with um one of my personal training clients. Um, because I'm training gen general population. It's not people that are striving to achieve really high competitive uh, numbers on basic lifts or you know, they, they don't have to necessarily train like athletes. But that still doesn't mean that they don't require heaviest training. You know, they still want to kind of be in a discomfort zone in a way to actually provide a stimulus and cause adaptation to happen. And obviously, because you have such a setting, you don't want to be placing someone in an environment where they're maxing out or uh, pushing really, really high intensities. Um, and we were doing a set of Romanian deadlifts, a set of eight. And when you have a set of eight, you're obviously going to be having to... Uh, actually adapt the intensity to that volume uh, you can't do a set of eight with 95 percent of your one rep max you know you just have to be somewhere in the 75 to 85 percent of the one rep max uh, range and that would be considered uh by like general means a quote-unquote safe range you know where you're not so high in risk uh of injury uh, but on the sixth rep of, of Romanian deadlifts, it happened. He had he felt a slight tweak in his back, uh, and he gave me that instant feedback. And my response was, "Okay, let's re-rack it. Let's put the weight back." 
and let's see what let's see what we can do. Let's see where the pain comes from. What does it feel like? Is it really pain or is it just discomfort? Try out this motion. Try and bend at the hip. Try and keep the legs straight. See how see how it feels. Try and move. Let's try and do a set of single leg Romanian. See if that if that hurts. And uh, what I noticed there was uh, how both me and my client were really calm in such a such a situation. Um, and I would compare myself like to a few months back, if something like that happened, I would probably freak out. And I would think of it like, boy, is it my fault? Did that happen because of me? Did I not manage the load properly? When in fact, like you just can't control such a thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a combination of a plethora of factors that come into play and you just can't blame yourself for that happening. You know, um, the client is fine. Um, and I think the calm approach to it plays a huge role yeah. Because we didn't panic, we weren't paranoid about it. We had this positive approach, and uh, you know, just I wouldn't say forcing motion, but uh, allowing motion to happen and getting used to that and gaining confidence with that was a huge boost for him. Uh, and also, me constantly reassuring him that he's going to be fine and building up this confidence within himself um, played a big role in him actually recovering. And like a week later, he's fully recovered. You know, he's fine. He's all good. Um, and I think this kind of connects to what I talked about previously with how important the mindset aspect of things is when it comes to injuries. Like if you're in your head constantly thinking, I'm going to break, I'm not going to be okay. When is this, when is this going to stop? You're not going to recover from the injury. You know, you have to stay positive as cheesy as it sounds. You just have to have a positive approach there. Yeah, I see that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's also something um, that's super important because you know, it it often happens, and I, I've trained a lot of people. And um, something that I see with a lot of people is those who who go into a very positive kind of mindset. There, um, they just yeah recover so much faster, and so much. Also, the, the just the journey is so much better. Yeah, as as an example, we have one client who has a had he has a his spine is not not as it should be so that, but that's that's he's born with that so i have no idea what's the this scoliosis or that that was the word i was i was missing and um he's probably listening to this to this podcast episode but i just wanted to tell his story a little bit because i think that's that's something people can learn from that um and he's someone he's 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 very hyped about training and he's also a very mindful person so it definitely emotions are in there when it comes to training. Mm -hmm. um, so he had this thing with his back and we started doing um, back squats when, when we started working together and he never did that before. He was always about calisthenics and uh, he can do muscle ups and all that stuff. But as you know me, <laughs> I'm always making people squat. <laughs> and um, I said, yeah, we, we, you have to try it and you probably have to learn it. And we're going to see how that works with your back. And it didn't work. Because he he had that problem with the scoliosis and he immediately had back pain. But the, the very important part here is he had back pain before because he's he's working physically at his at his uh, work. Mm -hmm. And um, the interesting interesting part was he already had pain, but it was pain that he could deal with and he was used to it to have it from time to time, you know, and. From there on, he had more pain afterwards. And I was like, 
fuck, I love these movements. I want him to do to, to I want him to make these movements, but we can't do these movements because it makes him it, they they are painful for him. Yeah. And um the interesting part here was he was never never completely demotivated to do that stuff. It, there were times when he was like, Nick, I'm so tired of having this pain. I don't want to have it anymore. And I'm, I was really, I, I was, I was on the run to find a solution for him. I was contacting Jana, you know, Jan, Jan's, Jan's wife. She's a physical mm -hmm. therapist. I was talking yeah. to her about that. Showed her uh, some some pictures of his back and said he's having problem with that stuff and that stuff. Uh, I don't know how to deal with that because I'm not a physiotherapist at that point because I'm. I know my stuff and I do understand my biomechanics and anatomics and stuff like that. But sometimes I'm just. It's better to have a specialist for that. And she said, you know. You're, you're doing good here. You just can't force it. And it's not, nothing you 100% have in control here. It's not like that. And that's a very important one to, to hear that from a specialist at that point. You, you're not 100% in control of the situation. And um, then we incorporated some stuff, easy stuff, like, like, like chopping movements and lifting movements, you know, just some rotational stuff mm -hmm. for, for the core. Mm -hmm. since we're doing that for quite a few months now he's pain-free and he started doing back squats again and i was like yeah now it's going to 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 now now we're going to see what's going to happen and he can't do back squats because it, it immediately starts occurring again but what we can do is front squats without any pain and that's super um, interesting to see it, because that one movement is not possible the other one is is possible and from from i just have that in my mind i think people should squat and at least we can try to squat and we did some goblet squats before for quite a few weeks and nothing happens it was all good yeah no, no pain at all and then he said nick i want to try front squats and i said please go for that and he tried and it didn't even uh had he had no pain there was nothing and um what, what I learned from that was that guy, he had his downs, but in overall, he was always super positive and he was always trying to find a solution for himself. He was really, it was not that I had to motivate him to, to stay there. He was from his personal side, you know, he was into it and he was like, there's this situation. I want to change the situation. I know I can't give that responsibility to Nick. Yeah, I, I, most of that stuff, he, he's just here to help. Because a lot of people think a physiotherapist or a coach is doing the job for you. And I'm, I'm very sorry to say that, but that's an inside job in most of the times. And um, if, you, if you don't bring that mindset with you, you're probably not going to have a good time here. And um, if, you, if you consult a, an, an expert on something, usually is not a done for you job exactly <laughs> yeah. when for your for your for your body that that's a done with you job and that's super important to keep that in mind coaching is always a done with your job and never a done for you job and um i think that that's also very important to mention here but the most important part that i would really wanted to to make clear here is the the positive mindset that did guy, that that this guy had was 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 it you know he also had some some shoulder stuff um that he has to ha had to deal with 
during that time because of his spine there is the the rib cage is not super in the best positioning mm -hmm. and he wants to learn some front lever and handstand uh, push-up stuff and um you know that's upper body stuff and when the rib cage is not in the perfect positioning you just have more si one side more involved than the other side of course because the the scapula can't move perfectly on the ribcage and stuff like that so shoulder is always a little bit um difficult for him so but we, we we are working around it and trying to make it happen and this is why coaching for that guy is super important because he has someone who's guiding him otherwise he would just go through it and completely killing himself probably i hope he would not but <laughs> You know that's that's what 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 was so super important to see that um, at that point, for him it was super important to have someone who's guiding him here because um, otherwise he he would probably have not known what to do and now he's pain free he can do stuff and having fun in training and is always sending me text messages like. I'm having so much fun right now. Everything is going so well. I love it. And I'm, I, I know every time there can occur another injury. I know that. But I'm not expecting it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not like, you're not mentioning it like, oh, be careful doing that because you might be injured. You're, no. you're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, because that's something I hate in this fitness industry. I have to say that everybody oh, is always God. telling people you're going to yeah, get injured. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get injured. You're not, you're going to have some fun and making your body stronger. That's super important. I hate that marketing strategy that a lot of people have and yeah. always coming yeah. up with that fear thing. Coming, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, do it. Fucking do it. You know, you, you can't, you, you, you have no control over that. Absolutely not. I mean, yes, we do a little bit. Yes, when, when you, when you do, completely kill yourself you're gonna have some pain yes but in the end there's so less we can do about it and on the other side there's so much we can do about it you know the management of the load and stuff like that that's something we definitely can control but on the other hand we always have to adapt it because something that i noticed with a lot of people especially as we, we we are working more and more with people who have very stressful jobs you know they, they have when the more stress people have the more likely are to have a little bit of nagging pain stuff like that because stress is a factor that comes in and most people don't have that on the on the menu they, they don't they don't see how much that takes from the body on a physical on a physical physical side even if that's a mental thing those two things are so connected and that's super interesting and i see that with myself and i don't know if you see that with yourself but when i'm stressed more i just can't pressure too much into training and having super intense training sessions especially when it comes to, to, to really close to my one rep max, I just, I see how much that takes away from me. And this is something a lot of people misunderstand when they go into maybe like something like Instagram or uh, stuff like that. You see rarely, rarely people who have a very stressful life 
who perform on an extreme high level. People who perform on a, on a sports-wise on an extreme high level usually have most of their life into training and don't have a, a manager job where you work 12 hours a day and <laughs> just, you know, that that's something people like that usually need to have a lower intensity in training. And that's something I think we are preaching now for quite a while. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I, I noticed it myself. Like if I'm stressed out, I just can't focus properly on the session. Or like I have to take a lot more time before the training session to do the shift and tell myself, okay, right now you're training. You have to leave everything at the door and there's no reason for you to think about anything else right now if you have dedicated time to training now. Because um, yeah. like what brings me if I'm thinking of an exam during a set of squats, if I'm not going to be studying for the exam now, I'm not studying for the exam. Now. I'm in the gym. I'm doing squats. Let's focus on that. Now, that, that's been something that's been a productive strategy for me to cope with that stress. Uh, but most of the time I see that pattern both with myself and with clients that when stress is high, training sessions suffer. Uh, the physical aspect of things is just not on par. And that's the reason why I always ask my clients, I have this set of questions that I like to go through with them uh, before a training session, like how was your sleep? How was your nutrition? And what was the body weight this morning? I just stressed out. How was your working day? You know, uh, because I can then use those factors and those metrics as a way to uh, already kind of predict performance on a given day and say, okay, if someone is really stressed out, they had a really bad night of sleep and they didn't have the best nutrition before a training session. I probably won't be pushing them too much on that given day. Mm -hmm. You know, I will be taking it a bit easier, especially in the warm-ups and trying to use the warm-ups as a way to predict performance as well. If the warm-ups work great, if they move well, there's no reason for us to back down. We can just push it, you know? But if if we have the case of where the warm-ups are already suffering, okay, let's take a step back on that given day. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to convince people that they shouldn't underestimate the effects of stress like even if you have everything intact, even if your uh, nutrition is 100% on point, you're tracking everything, you've slept enough, um, training is regulated, but stress is really high, it is going to influence everything. You know, like I had a client telling me like, my body weight has suddenly increased, but I, I don't know what happened. Like I didn't change my nutrition, my sleep is not so bad, but it has just increased. And I'm like, are you stressed out lately? He's like, yeah, I'm having so much work and you know, every day is so much frustration with the job. And like, dude, that's exactly the reason why your body weight went up. It's just the way your body, your body is responding to that given stress mm -hmm. from the outside. And it's fine. You know, it's not something that's going to stay with you as long as like as soon as you get the stress down, you'll be back to baseline. You'll be yeah. good. And it's, it's just the cortisol levels that rise and they usually bring up water into 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 the the cells and that's it that's what happening i mean when when you are into bodybuilding you know that you know yeah. that's something my my coach at the time when i competed in bodybuilding um he he told me before you, you sometimes you just hold water because of stress mm. that's something i learned the hard way because i was really like why is my weight not going down and he was like Yannick, you're working a lot, you are training a lot, you are in a very heavy diet, um, everything is very stressful right now, your body just holds the water now, 
and you're not gonna lose weight until you de-stress yourself. So that's uh, another factor where you see how much can can stress do to the body. You know, that's that's super interesting, and I, I love to to, to uh, that you just mentioned that because it's so super important to understand all this. You know, I'm, I think um, when 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 we look into even your training history, like in the in the past two or three years in the beginning you had so less stress now you're working full-time doing your your tasis in a, for, for 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 university and stuff like that um while managing your training while having all the stuff with the family and all that it, stress is so much higher now and you probably just feel it so much more you know yeah from from your experience I think that's yeah. a very important one to to also have that in mind. Everybody thinks of why am I not um, being able to to perform like I used to when I was twenty? Yeah, that's why, <laughs> because life gives you so much more into that. The bigger just get uh, the, the bigger the picture just gets bigger, and that's that's super important to keep in mind. That the older you get, the more stuff comes in there. What, what's going to happen when you have children, you know, and that comes in there. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm really a friend of children. I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but they are a stress factor. You know, it, it will just, I, I see that with clients of us, they, they have little children, like one year old or even younger. You see that their sleep is so effective from that. Um, you just can't push them too hard into stuff, and that's it's okay to have that. You know, there's one guy we are uh, we, we we are having in the coaching. You, you know him. Um, uh, he's he's having a little child, and he's he's doing uh, peaking right now for the very first time. And we had to talk about it before we had a one hour talk before um, talking about uh, actually. Okay, you you have to know that it's it's gonna be a hard time now. The next three to four weeks, and we're taking the the picking very very easy. I just want him to know how that feels, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I prepared him, gave him all the informations about that because he needed to know that beforehand. You know, that's that's super important to to know all that stuff because otherwise you probably will be like, oh fuck. What, what's going on here? I'm super stressed. I'm probably gonna get injured a lot easier. Um, and training is hard, and uh, there was all that stuff. I really asked him, "Is there something coming up? Like, is the 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 the, the little boy is that is he is he getting his teeth? Is there stress in in at, at work for the next few weeks and stuff like that?" And he said, "There's nothing coming." And I said, "Then we are good. Then we can <laughs> at least." That's some kind of control that we have about it, and then mm. it's a good idea to peak now, you know. And that's something a lot of people um, really don't have in mind when it comes to competing. And that's super interesting because a lot of people have no idea how much stress traveling gives you when you have to travel to the comp competition, and then you feel like, "Well, fuck, I'm done. I don't know." Yeah. 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 I mean, so, so many people just have no clue how much that takes from you. And on the other hand, how much better 
it works when you prepare yourself for that given time when you know okay i'm gonna have these 12 weeks in before the competition they're gonna be hard these weeks and i have these three months that are coming up there that i probably have to think through is there some stuff coming up that's gonna be that that's going to impact that yeah and when you know it's just stressful the next three months they're going to be very stressful then on the other one hand maybe you don't do the picking and don't do that competition stuff like that you know or you at least know okay there's just coming up some more stuff on top of that and then you just can handle it so much better and I think that's super important also to, to know this stuff when, you, when, when, when you're training because everything is affecting everything. And that's super important to avoid injury as much as we can, as, you, as we just said. It's mm -hmm. one, you're never 100% in control, but at least we, tr we try to control as much as possible. And from there on, we go the way. You know yeah absolutely um yeah i think uh, setting these expectations is the first step when you do this stuff and also realizing okay these are the factors that might be contributing or um, affecting me when i'm in the process because you already then can prepare yourself in a way if anything happens you know how to cope with it you know if you just go into it like totally randomly uh without any expectations without knowing what might happen you're just going to be unprepared and uh, when it hits you, you're just going to fall off the boat, you know? Um, and I think what's also important to mention is that not every stress is bad, you know, like as mm -hmm. long as it's within your threshold that you can, you know, maintain and cope with, I think that's good. And we all need the stress. The body needs the stress uh, in order to, to, to just, you know, survive to live it's not good if you don't have any stress in your life yeah as long as that stress doesn't go too high above the threshold um you're probably good to go you know and i think it's also good to implement those phases of higher stress to build up this resilience because when you get back to usual settings and, and the usual state life is going to be good all of a sudden just because your baseline is all of a sudden much much higher up yeah and everybody knows that um yeah. it's these these sayings and work so much better under pressure yeah 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 that's it yeah that's it, exactly it, yeah, yeah. It, there, there's there's a there, there's a reason why people say yeah diamonds are done under pressure and that's it you you're not going to be at your best if you never have any pressure we need the stress i'm i'm i'm, I'm absolutely thankful that you just mentioned that because we are so much about oh we have to de-stress but everybody needs to think of we need we need some sort of stress. There is too much. Yeah. Yes, there can be too much, hundred percent. But some sort of stress is absolutely needed. We need the pressure to build that diamond that you are. <laughs> yeah, you need the stress in order to de-stress. I yeah. think that's that's a good way to put it all together. You know. You know. Let, let's have it that way. Why? Is that this culture of having a Sunday overall everywhere in the world? Because everybody is having stress six days a week and having one day to de-stress. That's good. You need to recharge. We know that. That's like your phone. I'm using my phone the whole day. Yes. 
calling people, I'm sending text messages, I'm doing all that stuff. But by the end of the day, of course, I have to recharge it to use it again. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. I want to use it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, stress, 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 and manageable, uh, yes. manageable, what is the word that I'm searching for? Well, but English, I think what, English is out. I, I think what you want to say, there is no adaptation without any stress. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's the most important part here. All right. I think we can wrap it up with that. So I think that that, uh, that was actually a good conversation because you that know, was a really, yeah, that was a really good talk. I like that. I, I really enjoyed that. If you enjoyed that episode, please send it to people who probably will need that. Yeah. You probably know someone who will profit from that. Just send them over. Thank you so much for that. And catch you on the next episode, guys. Yeah. <laughs>